Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Gork's Red FM. Welcome to a new edition of the Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast. I'm your host, Jer McCarthy, and you can follow me on my social media, Instagram and Twitter accounts at JerMcCarthy74. Munster are the 2021 Vodafone Women's Rugby Interprovincial Champions. Captain Sarah Quinn and manager Scott Brown join us to discuss the province's title clinching win over Leinster. We'll also hear from Munster under-18 head coach Fiona Hayes on the province's underage structures and growing popularity. There was heartbreak for the Cork senior Camogie team following their All-Ireland final defeat to Galway last Sunday. We'll have all the reaction from Crow Park, including Cork manager Paddy Murray and members of the victorious Galway squad. That's all to come on this week's Women in Sport podcast. Munster claimed the 2021 Vodafone Interprovincial Women's Rugby Championship following a 19-7 victory over Leinster last weekend. The Big Red Bench got a delighted Munster women's captain Sarah Quinn's reaction and Munster head coach Matt Brown's thoughts at the end of a successful campaign. What an end to the Vodafone Interprovincial uh, Women's Rugby Championship it was for Munster. Running out 19-7 win- winners over Leinster up in Dublin. We're delighted to be joined by Captain Sarah Quinn. Sarah, first of all, on behalf of everybody, Corkstreet FM, Big Red Bench, uh, terrific news and a brilliant end to the season for you. Well done. Thank you very much. I'm guessing the two or three, maybe, sorry, the one or two days afterwards have been uh, celebratory ones. Absolutely, you might hear it in my voice. <laughs> I apologise now. <laughs> Not at all. We we won't uh, we won't put too much pressure on your vocal cords. Um, can I ask you just going up there? Look, you, both yourselves and Leinster had beaten Connacht and beaten Ulster. Now you had a very tight game against Connacht in the initial for nearly three quarters of it. It was quite tight. How important, looking back, and no, Sarah, from a player's point of view, was it to get that test just before you played Leinster? Yeah, we absolutely it was is very very important. Um, and it really set us up because, as you said, for sixty minutes it was very very close, and we knew going up to Leinster it would be very close as well. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Um, we drove on, it stuck to us, and paid off in the end. It did indeed. No, you didn't get off to the best possible start because Lisa Callan uh, went over for a try. Um, did the fact that that happened probably so early in the game wasn't like there's no there's no good time to concede a try. But the fact it happened early, I thought you really regrouped really quickly. That's one of your big plus points in this team. You don't do panic. No, well, some of us might, but we try not to show it. <laughs> um, no, yeah, it happened so quickly. Um, and as you said, really early in the game, we we had a lot of time. But it actually kind of kicked us a bit. So mm. we knew we had to come out of the blocks again. Um, and thank God for Chloe Pierce. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, I mean, that, that was the next on my list of questions. What a year she's had, like five tries yeah. in three games um, in the yeah. Interpros. I mean, not an easy thing to do in any interprovincial game. But she really did come up trumps for you. Absolutely, she's a superstar, um, and she she's a team player. She'll never say it's just it's just her. She she's there for the love of the game. She loves the team. She loves the whole buzz about things. You know, she's phenomenal to have in, in any team, and um, we're so lucky to have her in ours. I mean, yeah, and the way she went through for that first try, like when you're down seven 0 I mean, she went right. I mean, it was a, it was a quick tap penalty, and you you, you move the ball very quickly. But when you see that, I mean, not alone as a captain, Sarah, but your teammates, when you see Chloe doing things like that. I would imagine on the pitch that erases your your hopes and straight away you're back into the game. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, it was fantastic. Um, and she said it. She was like, "We're getting, we're getting, we're getting this cup." And yeah. <laughs> not she went. <laughs> um, 
at that point, and then when Chloe got the second try, I mean, obviously, look, this is Leinster, and you knew the kind of challenge you were going to get. I mean, some of the tackles, were, as you would expect, at women's and provincial level were seriously, there was a lot of hard hard and hard collisions in around yeah. the middle of the pitch. You would have prepared for that. But can I just ask you, as the game was going on, did you feel more confident, even though, like, when you stretched it to 19-7? I mean, to keep Leinster scoreless for most of that game, even though you can see the try early, I mean, that, that's down to the defensive work that's been done this year. Yeah, absolutely. And we worked really hard on our defence. Um, like we play a very fast open game but <clears throat> that that only comes off of a good defence and a good um I suppose good structure that we have. Um and we worked really, really hard on it. Sometimes we could have been better, but um yeah, we were phenomenal. We weren't letting them in, I suppose, and kind of Matt said just before, it's our house, we let nobody into our house. Even though we were in Leinster, we, we were like, this is our house. So if somebody's going to score, they're, they're going to score the hard way. Um, and we just went for it. Um, yeah, I, I can't fault anybody. That try, that first try was off off kind of the cuff and off the ring play. But then we just said, look, no more. That's it. Let's go. <laughs> How close is this squad of players uh, Sarah I, I mean obviously you know each other well and you, you you back each other up on and off the pitch but yeah. there seems to be I mean I was looking at the Galway Camogie players and some of have seen the Mead ladies footballers as well there's a genuine camaraderie amongst the group you can sense it immediately yeah. afterwards is that the, it's yeah. clearly the case with you as well yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent. I suppose a lot of the squad um, are close anyway because we play with each other in in club games. So, but <clears throat> every one of us were a monster player, true and true. So we are family at the end of the day, and we that was one thing that <clears throat> I tried to make sure of from the very beginning. Um, is that obviously I call them the young ones that they're <laughs> meant to feel like a part of our family. <laughs> as as was pointed out, I am the oldest player on numerous occasions me over the weeks Um, but yeah it was really important for me to make sure that they felt welcome but they came in and it was like they've been there all their lives if that makes sense Mm. you know Yeah. how important was Matt and the management team this year obviously they're important in getting you ready and getting you prepared but it looked like you knew exactly what was coming from Leinster. I liked the way the defense, defensive formation set up. You know, even when things were looking like Leinster might get a try, there was no panic. We go back to that again. I assume that's not alone down to the talent of the players, but the preparation that was put in by Matt and that management team. Absolutely. Like we, we the lads studied them hard, um, and we all did with our analysis. But uh, they knew exactly how to prepare us for the game, um, and it's super, super important. But. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I can't thank those guys enough. Um, honestly, they came in the best attitude. Um, there was no um, like this. These players are the best. It was all about this squad, not nobody else, um, and what they could get out of us. Which, which, as you can tell, they got a cup out of us, which is amazing. So, yeah, I can't thank the guys enough. Yeah, I saw you tweet a picture of that cup. That cup is safe, is it? It's still intact. It's very, it's intact. <laughs> I tucked her in last night. <laughs> to me. She hasn't left my side. <laughs> okay. Good to hear. Um, uh, finally, Sarah, I mean, obviously this year has been different for women's interprovincial rugby. I know there was a huge disappointment now with the international team losing to Spain. Yeah. Yes, and that is a donor, to be to be honest with you, but not, not, not the end of the world. But from grassroots rugby and interprovincial point of view, Having Vodafone come in, having t- uh, Tina G, TG Cahar come in and put this front and centre in prime time as well, to be fair to it, yeah. 
is huge. Was it was it different for the players, or were you just laser focused on the interpros anyway, or did you notice that this time around it was a little bit different? Well, look, our focus was on the on the games and on the cup, but obviously with with the coverage and the sponsorship coming around, it was different as well. Like how we not how we prepped for our matches that didn't change at all, but with the interviews, like getting the itinerary, uh, it's put in times like you wouldn't think about it the coin toss was in front of cameras and mm. um, checking the boots all all those small things that is normally done just before <clears throat> we kick off really um, yeah all those little things were very different um, we, we were aware the cameras are there but we weren't aware the cameras were there when it came to playing the actual game because mm. um, that's our main focus but the coverage has been absolutely fantastic um, there is lo- obviously I'm not used to people coming up to me knowing my name and <laughs> knowing who I am, uh, which is absolutely crazy, um, but absolutely delighted at the same time. And I know we kind of touched on it before in a previous interview, but it's brilliant for the game, for women's women in sports in general. Um, like we're getting what we deserve and we deserve so much more and hopefully this is the start of the more. Um, like in 10, 15, 20 years, I want to be able to say, look, look where, where, what we started and look where we are now. It should be the exact same as the men's game with total coverage and hopefully it continues. Yeah, and I think that's about the best possible way to finish the interview. Well said, um, as the captain of Munster. Um, I hope this isn't the last interview you and I have. Uh, I won't put you on the spot in, in terms of Munster and Interprovincials. Um but on behalf of everybody in Red FM, as I've already said, we're delighted for you and we're delighted to get the chance to talk to you this season and cover you and what a great year it was for you. Um, I hope that cup is safe and tucked in and gets back to where it needs to get back to eventually. And Sarah, uh, again, fantastic and, and congratulations to you. Brilliant. Thanks a million and thanks for, for calling out to me. It's it's really appreciated. Now, victorious women, Munster Women's Interprovincial Head Coach, Manager, uh, Matt Brown joins us on the podcast. Matt, uh, first of all, Interprovincial Champions, that is a lovely ring to it. Yeah, it is. Um, it's a great feeling and you're just you're looking at the girls afterwards and, and, and you're delighted for them really the effort they put in and especially the young ones and all the families got to come down it's on the TV yeah there was there was a lot to like about it so. a, a lot indeed and not just the match itself but the season and um, from speaking to your captain Sarah Quinn looking back on it now you put in a terrific performance against Ulster put up a really great score but that game against Connacht um, it was tight for so long looking at it from a management point of view was that the best possible pre- preparation you could have asked for in the circumstances going up to Dublin? I think so. In hindsight, when you look at it, it, it was still only the last 20 where we really kicked on against Leinster as well. So you could probably say that, that having come through that once in the previous game definitely uh, definitely stood to us. So, um, yeah, we, you wouldn't have wanted to go into the Leinster game and have them come off maybe an easier game because you, you kind of, we actually thought we might have got ahead of, ahead of ourselves after the Ulster one. So it kind of brought us back down a bit really. It probably did, yeah. You conceded a try. Lisa Callan got over um, pretty early on in that game. But after that, Matt, your defence, it's clear that you've been working very hard on defence this year. Now, and I'm not just saying that, but like from watching the Connacht game and definitely watching Leinster, to keep Leinster scoreless after that initial try must give you huge satisfaction and your management team. Yeah, we, 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 look, we, we did definitely spoke about it. The try that Connacht got against the week before, actually, we'd been disappointed with that one. Um, was disappointing to be honest when, when Leinster got that close to the line it was probably inevitable but but to be the way they got down there was basically confounded errors from us so once we cut that out and 
we just told the girls to, to, to make it a little bit personal when uh, you know somebody's coming down the channel and you know we put a few phrases out there and just said you know we don't want people coming on our bit of grass so we got them to fight for each other and double up where possible and look they, they certainly did that with interest so delighted with that bit and, that, and so you should be because like at this level Matt um, mistakes the, the, the margin for error is so thin like if Leinster get in for a second try all of a sudden you know they gain that momentum that they've shown in the previous two games if they get any bit of momentum going they're a very very hard team to stop but you were able to, to keep them out not only keep them out but at the other end you had a weapon in uh, I call her a weapon but Chloe Pearson I mean five tries three games um how do you describe, I mean how do you I mean it's, it's very difficult to ask a manager obviously you're delighted with her and you know she's a serious talent but on the most important day um, she delivered again for you so you must be thrilled with that yeah look she, she's she's a force of nature um, and I think she also came into this interpros with you know she's obviously disappointed at missing out on the Irish squad and, and she had a point to prove hmm. um, and you know sometimes there was a danger maybe you'd think well crikey I hope she doesn't make this about herself but she certainly didn't and it was all everything she did was she was so good around the group and the young girls really look up to her and then when she leads like that um, you know from a ball carrying defence point of view she's, she's just excellent like you mentioned youth there and something Sarah, your captain, spoke about as well. Like There's been a real injection and infusion of new players in this year's Interprovincial Championship. Obviously, you're delighted with the way it finished, but are you happy with the progress that they've made? Because you know it is still three games, three highly intensive games, but have you seen enough from the people, the new players that have come in that gives you hope and suggests that they're going to be around for a long time? I, th- I think they definitely will be, but then there's another crop of girls who, who, who didn't make it into the matchday squads, who were in and around the squad, and I suppose I'm blessed in a way. I, I would have done a bit of under 18 sevens a few years ago, and the guts of those girls. So to see them kick on like that, you just hope that the that the conveyor belt keeps going because I know Fiona Hayes has is, is, is got a very young under 18s group, but she speaks very highly of them. They've got another year at it though, so they're a little bit underdone. For this year's under 18s, but it, it, you know the fact that that's in place, mm. you know, and they've got such a uh, an accomplished coach like her, then you know there's no reason why it should stop. And I just think we're probably going to go through a period now where um, the numbers in the girls' game is just going to grow, and, and I, I, it already has in Leinster. But I think Munster's following suit, and there's seems to be there's a huge um, there's a huge base in Cork um, where the clubs are starting to field. Uh, older older teams of, of female athletes and even in my own, my own club or Crescent they, the, the numbers for the girls section are through the roof hmm. uh, they're just a little bit younger at this stage so so it's great I think it's kind of booming everywhere obviously you'd hope Munster can cash in on that and uh, keep producing players for the foreseeable and two things on that Matt number one you mentioned the structures and Fiona's um, under 18 team Clearly the structures are there in Munster, but what you're also seeing now, as you've mentioned, is the fact that you've got regional development officers going out to rural clubs, and I've seen that myself firsthand, that's having an effect. Girls are starting to be drawn to rugby, be drawn to it as a sport where maybe they wouldn't have in the past. They wouldn't, so I think there's a few strengths to that really. So that the regional development officers obviously is one where they're starting to identify these, and then the regional squads and that they've got 16 groups going on as well. Um, but then on top of that, just to reinforce it, the fact that it went on TV and, and girls see there's a pathway work the way up, then um, then yeah, it's, it's just it's all for the betterment really. And you just hope that numbers keep going up and, and see where it takes you. And then obviously the knock on there is uh, if the provinces get stronger and stronger, then hopefully that knocks onto the Irish team and see where we go from there. Absolutely. And 
we mentioned it in, in Sarah's interview as well, the fact that Vodafone have come in, the fact that the Irish Examiner now are getting behind, um, you know, Munster as, as like a serious sponsor and a serious, serious coverage. But as well as that, more than anything, the fact that Tina G put this on TV and put it on primetime, Matt, which for young girls gave them an opportunity at a time when they could sit down and watch it. And like Sarah's point as well is people, see, she gets a bit scared now because people come up and say hello Sarah to her. So she's not used to that. I don't know if that's the same with you just yet, but this is serious because it's one thing to put it on television, but Tina G have put it on prime time. They put it on at the right time as well. And look what's happening. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. Yeah, no, I'd say that's definitely reserved for the players. No, I'm still not getting that. <laughs> and, that and that's probably a good thing, Joe, to be honest. <laughs> but uh, no, look, it is great. And, and, and it's just huge exposure. So you'd wonder where, where, where the next step is. And, and obviously they go into a club season now. The, you know, the, 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 you'll have the, the Six Nations after Christmas for the women. So, yeah, it just depends how they kick it on. You know, they're in a good place, so they probably probably want to push it on a bit further and, re- and really cash in. Indeed. And what what's next for you, Matt? Obviously, the club season, as you mentioned, is coming around, but are you hoping to come back and be involved in Munster again, or am I just putting you on the spot? Um, no, I, I mean, look, I, I, I said I was a little bit apprehensive going in because I didn't know the dynamic, and obviously it's been fantastic, and, and you can't help but have huge respect for the girls who who commit to that to something like that you know myself and all the other coaches we're all volunteers There's, you know uh, the girls obviously don't get paid in that respect you know and, and that's that's the nature of it and so we all go in with our eyes open and um, so based on this year's experience yeah I definitely can consider doing it again but that's like that's not a decision for me that's probably for the for the powers that be above um, just as far as myself going forward it's literally non-stop rugby now so between all Crescent Crescent Comprehensive and uh, and then my part-time role with, with Munster in the national schools, then I'm going to be flat out, <laughs> so, uh, which is all good because you'd, you'd, you'd love it. Like. And clearly you do. You can hear it from the interviews we've had this year. And listen, finally, just to say on behalf of everybody at Corkshire FM and the Big Red Bench, thank you for giving us the time in the interviews and thank you as well for guiding Munster to a, hu- a richly deserved interprovincial title. Thanks for the coverage, really appreciate it. Thanks, Emil. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. The Munster women's under-18 side were defeated by Leinster in the PwC IRFU Women's Interprovincial Championship last weekend. Munster's future remains bright at under-18 level, according to head coach Fiona Hayes, who will have 23 of this year's panel of 30 back in the under-18 setup next season. The Big Red Bench spoke to Fiona about Munster's emerging talent, Irish rugby's elite player pathway and the sport's growing popularity at grassroots level. Now, it's a real thrill to be joined by Fiona Hayes, who is the Munster Under-18 Interprovincial Head Coach. Now, the Under-18's uh, Interpro Series finished at the weekend with a disappointing loss to Leinster, but all is not lost. Fiona, first of all, thanks very much for joining us on the Big Red Bench. No problem, Jared. Delighted to take the call. Great to have you uh, have you here with us. Obviously, a lot of headlines over the last couple of weeks about the senior team. Fantastic result for Matt and for Sarah mm-hmm. Quinn, the captain, and all those players. I'm sure you'll also be happy to join in the chorus of congratulations to 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 the group and and on their success. Yeah, absolutely. They were they were outstanding from start to finish. You know, there's there's a couple of girls hurting on that squad that probably would have been looking to make the Irish squad that didn't. And I think they absolutely put in the performances in the Centre Pro series and uh, you know proved the worth and and they're feeling good. I'd say so. I was delighted for Munster and delighted for women's rugby to see it happening down here. 
Indeed. Now, from your point of view, uh, at under 18 level, one of the things we wanted to talk about was the structures, because there are serious mm-hmm. structures been put in place of, over the last couple of years from what I've, from what I've researched for this interview. Um, yeah. Is that the case, first of all? Because one of the things that jumped out at me uh, following your defeat to Leinster at the weekend was the fact, is it 23 of the 30 yeah. who are on the panel are still under 18 next year? So was that was that a, a, an intentional thing that you went out and did and got a lot of young players and blooded them this year? Because that's phenomenal. Despite what happened at the weekend, that, that's really phenomenal to have that many players coming back. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, that's what we chatted about after the game. I mean, there was there was a lot of there was a lot of um sad faces. I hate seeing it when they're when they're so young and they're they're pretty upset after the game. But I suppose the big thing for us was, it, uh, like we had them maybe just uh, the management team. We had them. I had them with Marie Kelly doing the backs for about eight to nine weeks. So um we got the squad at thirty and kind of worked with them. And the progress we saw was absolutely immense. But fair play to Munster Rugby before that they had they'd gathered maybe 40 or 50 girls from throughout the province and it kept them involved all through COVID which was really really hard they had them doing um, skills online even done cooking classes um, you know Mike Petman, the the monster coach um, skills coach had up drills that they were they could practice at home with their school bags with different kind of materials tennis balls footballs whatever they could get their hands on and you know when I got them I suppose I really saw the benefit um, to that obviously very disappointing into pro series from our perspective but to see where they started and where they came from not having two years of rugby so I suppose w- when we look at it they're 17 they probably last played rugby when they were like 15 or 14 so where they came after that eight weeks was absolutely amazing to see and, I, and I'm immensely proud of them for that and so you should be because we're, we are disappointed obviously results it's a results-based business at a certain level but at under yeah. 18, it's about, I assume, getting these girls ready for the day that they become senior players. You want to get as many of them into the senior squad as you possibly can. So can you explain, just you know, uh, over, give an overview of the elite player pathway? Because I've been researching that, and it seems yeah. like Munster have put down the foundations to allow any young girl that's interested in rugby. There's a pathway there for her if she's willing to buy into it and she has the talent. The coaching is now there and the finances are now there for her to become an inter, uh, an interprovincial, if not an international player. That's it. I mean, the provinces, I think, at underage kind of take that into their own hands. Um, and Munster Obi, from what I've seen in the last maybe three, four years, have really concentrated on um, getting that pathway up and running. You know, I think maybe they had it a bit in Leinster a bit sooner. And you could see that at times in games with the physicality and the skill level of their players. But it's, it's alive and kicking down here and... That's exactly, and you know what? I looked at that senior game, and I and I watched the girls, and I suppose, um, myself and Maraid to see. I think we had maybe five that was from our under eighteen. The last time we played the Inter Pros and one, and we had a wonderful squad. But to see those girls kick on, I mean, you Chisholm, Alana, Aoife, Corey, um, it was just it was just brilliant to see them kick on and getting their starting place on a senior monster team, which hasn't happened in a long time. I mean, I played. Till I was nearly thirty-seven, I should have hung up my old boots and given the kids a go earlier. But, but it is starting. Matt, to be fair, this year has bred a few through into that senior system, and and you and you saw it, and they they built just such a bond amongst themselves. And in talking to the girls, even after it, they absolutely loved it. They loved that buzz at that high level. You talk about high level, and one of the things I've seen again from looking at the interprovincial series, like it's incredibly competitive at senior level. It's not yeah. that 
it's not in, it's not that it isn't competitive at under 18 level but the skills and the i suppose the quality of what we've seen am i right over the last two or three years mm. improving year on year and like the, the leinster final score you know looks like a terrible score but that's not the yeah. case because the fundamentals that you've you're clearly coaching these under 18 players they know what they're yeah. doing it's just leinster happened to be a bit further on in their life cycle I mean is yeah. that a fair assessment but you know, yeah that's that's definitely it and, and I think um it, the lads were chatting to the coaches Leinster coaches and I think the majority of them now are that 18 18 and a half because you can play up to 18 and a half for this interpros they're gone now and they'll kick on to senior level so so they had it I suppose they had a good two years together that um that bunch of girls and I'd be and I'd be hoping that the girls next year would be up to that level that we saw Leinster at. I mean, we 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 gave it all. They put their their bodies on the line. The skills set of the girls at times. I mean, they went from having not much knowledge even in the set piece area to be fair, dominating at scrum and line out times. Obviously, around the pitch, um, we 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 had we had a lot to work on at times, and defense might have been up to scratch. But seeing them learn and be able to fix things themselves, I suppose, from my point of view as a coach, that's what I wanted. I didn't want to be giving them the answers. I give them the tools, and you know, if they can start saying, "Oh, maybe we should have done this when we look at a bit of video. Maybe we should have done this here, or we could have done that." To hear them say that, so to me as a coach, shows how much they've grown, and and that's what you want. You want to play or lead. You want them to be able to make those decisions and have the confidence to get onto that senior team and you know and back themselves and it's it's really great to see it happening this year um women's rugby's popularity um is in my opinion at grassroots level i see it in certain areas of cork exploding i'm not privy mm-hmm. to what's happening in limerick and other counties i assume it's the same the arrival of vodafone these for sponsorship at, at senior interprovincial level Tina G putting it live on on air but putting it on at an appropriate time for young kids that they can watch it and and sit down in front of it. Are you seeing that at grassroots level? Are you seeing more and more young girls take up rugby? Because to me it's not even about just Munster or even Ireland it's just that the fact the sport is now getting so much more exposure that it's it's growing at grassroots level to the point where it's going to be incredibly popular over again over the next 12 months. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I'm going to throw something into the mix here. I'm, I'm definitely seeing it at grassroots level. But what I'm seeing is a lot of clubs then having women's team mm. and maybe the player pool isn't isn't there for them to, to be, you know, fully competitive. So I've seen loads of of um, of rugby clubs around Cork, Limerick, and, you know, they're starting up... Um, I suppose they're starting up a women's team, and, and while that's all well and good, um, sometimes say I'm after I'm I'm after moving from Bowes. I was coaching, and I've moved down to I'm head coach at Ballin College this year. Now we're AIL, and you know my big thing was to have another AIL team for Munster. We only had one, which was UL Bohemians, and I I've been living in Cork since 2009. I'm a Limerick woman originally, but I but I just saw you know the talent is down here, and then they're moving elsewhere to play. So it was kind of something I wanted to to focus on, and it will be it'll be a developing few years. But in in our in our quest to kind of look for players, I find that there's so many clubs now around Cork, and and they kind of want to stick with maybe the clubs when. If, if if we kind of looked at it on, on a basis where, you know, if they want to play at top level, that they maybe come to, to Balancholic or go to Bose or whatever. But what, what I find sometimes is that, you know, there's loads of girls starting out, but because they look at the higher teams, they don't think they can make it. And and that's not the way at all. I mean, I started at Bose and I hadn't a clue. I was a soccer head, my shorts down to my ankles, you know, and and, and it was playing that high level. 
and being coached like by the other players on the team that made me kind of the player who I was. Um, well, that, that again, that's refreshing to hear. Like, I mean, as you said, you, you want to kind of spread the knowledge and then hope that it will grow exponentially. But I, I, I go back to it again. I see on Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings, certainly on West Cork, where I'm from, yeah. the amount of young girls now, and we're talking in areas where Camogie and ladies J football is, is predominant. They're starting to take it up. I mean, it, is it at that level that Munster should be going back a step further? I know you've got regional development coaches going around to the county. That's made a huge difference. But going into the schools, going into the national schools and starting to promote this, is that the step forward for the future? Yeah, yeah and I think in, in talking to development staffers and in talking to uh, officers, sorry, and in talking to Munster Rugby um, coaches and stuff like that, that is is the way they're, they're going. I suppose you look at um, the men's system and, you know, schools rugby is where it's at really for lads that are maybe... I suppose by the age of 14, 15, up to when they when they finish and and hopefully get on that senior cup team, you know, that's where they're spotted for academies and picked up by by Munster, Leinster, etc. So um so you know, if they could get something up and running, a high competitive system at school level as well, I think the game would absolutely grow. The women's game would grow massively because you'd have girls um, playing at school, then maybe kicking on and playing in club, then straight after, and their knowledge would be m- much, much higher. I know myself, I, I'm starting a role um, out band and grammar. Um, with the 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 girls out there, so they're they're looking to invest and they want to develop their women's team. So so I I I'm going to go out and help them twice a week, and I, I'm really excited that prospect because I've I've coached UCC, I've coached um you know I've coached Bose as I said, I've coached Munster, and I think to get into that schools now will be uh, it'll be exciting and totally different to see how they do it or you know how the kids view it there, what's rugby to them and what it means to them. Well, it sounds like you're going to be quite busy, uh, to put it mildly, <laughs> to be honest. So, um, listen, we really appreciate you here on the Big Red Bench taking time to talk to us uh, about the interprovincial setup at Munster. But I, th- I think we'll come back to you again in the not-too-distant future and talk about how things are going at grassroots level. Thanks very much for your time. Lovely. Thanks, Mildred. The Big Red Bench. Game on. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Paddy Murray and the Cork Senior Camogie team lost 115-112 to at the hands of Galway in last Sunday's All-Ireland Senior Camogie final at Croke Park. Murray was naturally disappointed at the outcome of a terrific final but full of praise for the winners, his Cork panel and Orla Cronin at the end of a long inter-county season. Your immediate thoughts, Paddy? I sure look kind of disappointed. Um, you know, look, fair play to Galway. Uh, probably over the hour, the better team. Uh, their conversion rate was probably, well... There's no problem about it. Uh, it was much better than ours, and I suppose look, it comes down to putting scores on the board. So, I think we probably uh, were second best in that area. Did you feel you maybe didn't push on after the goal? You were three yeah, up. I think that that that's probably retreated a small bit, and in 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 doing that, didn't we lost a lot of breaks around our own half forward line? Uh, you know, so I suppose I'm disappointed mm-hmm. that we could have managed it better. You know, look, it was nip and tuck, so small things probably decide games, and that's probably one area that we probably fell down on, you know. Go back to conversion, that another half goal chance almost, hand pass is getting cut out of Yeah, look, you can probably say good defending as well. Uh, you know, I suppose hand passing a ball over a person's head uh, isn't probably the right option to, to uh, do, but look, I'm only grasping at straws. You know, this Galway team has been around. Uh, I've been saying for a while they're the best team, only you know that. Uh, run by a very good management setup. Good time for Cahal. Uh, you know, I suppose disappointed for myself, but happy for him. So um, they're going to be around physically. They're they're much more advanced than us. 
okay, probably a young team, so it's an area that we need probably to push up it, but look at 21, 22 years of age, it's going to take them another couple of years to develop, so yeah, look, I suppose that's it really. Up to about 10 minutes to go, Bobby, there was nothing in this game, I mean, was it game management, was it just a lack of experience, or what did you put it down to, just because, or did Galway just kick on? Well, I think we bought Galway on it. Uh, I suppose that period of time when we uh, went up three, I think we tried to defend it rather than going at it again. I thought that every time we ran him at that stage, we had him in trouble. And I suppose a disappointing thing from my point of view was that we just didn't kick on and put another couple of scores on the board. And, uh, you know, at this level, you just don't stand, uh, sit back and try to defend a, a three-point lead with 10 minutes to go. How proud are you of Cronin and her performance? I thought she was outstanding. Uh, but uh, nothing more than what I was going to expect from Orla really today, you know. Um, you mentioned the last one for me, you mentioned in the build up the experience that Galway had, you've been saying it all year as well, in fairness. Did that, was that the key thing in the end that they just had that build up? Well, I think they managed to the game better than us at the closing uh, end of it. And look, at the end of the day, that's what, where you win the game. You don't win it in the first 10 minutes, it's 10 minutes to go uh, managing that, those situations. I think they managed it better. Did the DRA hearing have much of an impact on your body beforehand? No. It, it, nothing to do with, with me and the team. Okay, Orla didn't train with us, but other than that, you know, uh, it was totally outside our, our, our doing. Uh, I suppose I've had an experience of the THDC. I knew where this was going no matter what. Uh, and I think Orla knew that as well, and she was quite relaxed about it, uh, you know, that the, these hearings are a waste of time. So she always knew she was going there. So, look, it, you know, again, grasping at straws if I went down that road. But to your players, there wasn't any distraction where we have Orla, we might have Orla. In the no, look, I, I, I would say that our preparation went extremely well, to be honest. When did Orla know she was going, like, did she knock on her door last night and tell her? Well, I was in bed before the decision was made, so I certainly didn't do it. Uh, again, I haven't been involved in the process, but I think they were quite confident that once they got in front, that there was only going to be one result there. So I think Orla was preparing herself really from Friday evening onwards. What's your, what's your thoughts on the whole thing, buddy, that it could come to 12 or 4 eventually? Well, I, 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 look, I don't particularly want to say too much for it because I don't want to take away from a Galway victory and it might be skewed in a certain way that I, I have sour grapes about it. I wish Galway, I have great time for, for, for Galway, I have great time for Cahill Murray, so I think it's important to get that right. But uh, the THD is a... It has to be, fairness is the word that, that is being used, but it's certainly not. And uh, I just don't think you have qualified enough people in these meetings to handle it correctly. And, you know, but that's for another day, lads. The Big Red Bench was in Crow Park to witness Galway's second All-Ireland Senior Camogie success in three years last Sunday afternoon. A cracking game was deservedly won by the Coddock side and we got all the reaction from the victorious camp, including Aileesh O'Reilly, Katrina Cormican, Sarah Healy, Sarah Durbin and manager Colin Murray. Ailish O'Reilly, hearty congratulations, an All-Ireland champion. How sweet is that? That is extremely sweet. Um, I think out of the three, that's probably that's the sweetest. Um, that was one tough battle. You know, they got a goal very late on, but uh, we reacted. Couldn't react any better, to be honest. And yeah, you know, this one will sink in later on, I think, and we'll cherish it. How tough were Cork right up to the end? So tough. Um, I think we were actually leading most of the, the game by a point or two. Um, they kept coming back at us. We kept responding. So we knew coming in it was going to be tough and you know, proved nothing less. Is this the sweetest? 
absolutely. And why is that? Is it just the effort this year and everything that went on and the fact that she had such a tough run to get here? Yeah, I think so. Uh, we've been here last December. We had a, an hour loss. We were a league final an hour loss again. So, you know, third time lucky and we will celebrate this one, I tell you. There's quite a lot of experienced players in this Caldwell panel. A lot of people were saying that that would carry over the lane. I assume you're all coming back again next year. Um, so far, so good anyway. Um, yeah, I think that was the, the one thing we had a bit of experience and we had a bit of youth. Um, I think it works. You need, a, you need a blend of both. So, yeah, hopefully we can we can keep them for another year, but uh, we won't worry about that now. Uh, Katrina Cormack in an All-Ireland winner. How good does that sound? Oh, it's unbelievable. It's just dream, dream come true. Two and three years, it's just magic. It's something I never could have believed would happen at my age, so I'm just so, so delighted. We talk, A lot of you talk in the build-up to the All-Ireland final was experience and the players that you had. How much, how important was that down the stretch? Yeah, it was. We have leaders all over the, the field, and I suppose there's, there's a lot of girls um, that have been through a lot of hardship as well and a lot of tough days, so I they stand to you even though they're very hard when you're when you're going through them but they do stand to you and then blended in with the youth there who had no fear and worked like absolute tigers it was just a brilliant combination and that's what got us over the line today talk to me about this Cork team because what a physical battle you had all the way through like they pushed you right to the limit oh absolutely physical and we knew we knew what they were going to bring their work rate and their intensity is phenomenal and we knew we had to match that like we knew coming up here we said we're not going to win anything easy and everything it was going to be hard work hard work hard work so um, we were happy uh, half time you know we felt that we had risen to, to their level and we thought if we could push it on in the second half we'd, we'd, we'd get over the line but we knew it was going to be close it could have swung either way but we're delighted it went our way congratulations well done thank you so much thank you, thank you. yeah and you know we believe in our camp like that we have a great team we just we think we think of ourselves like that so from the from the loss of last year we knew we knew we were good enough to come back and we knew we were a good team and that, you know, the work that we do, that, like, we deserve the week. We can do it. Like, we can win two, we can win three. And we just got to believe that and push on and, like, we have the players to do that. So it's, it'd be, um, it'd be a shame if we didn't, but we did. So thank God. Just a word on Carl. Um, like, unbelievable things have happened really since he came in. You've only got four in our history and he's after winning two in the last... Three years yeah, you know, he's something else. I think he <clears throat> he brought Goic Mogi like way further than it ever was, you know. We were not always knocking on semi final stages, struggling to get to the final and then we got if we get to the final we're struggling. So like he just came in and the people around him that he brought in, you know, Robbie Lane has done a massive amount of work with us. <clears throat> just him and his team, like they've brought us so far and like this, we can go much further further as well. Captain your county to have it twice. It must be just an incredible feeling. Uh, um, uh, yeah, uh, but I don't look at it like that. There's 36 girls. We're all leaders, um, and we all went up in steps today um, as one. And you know, it's just been un an unbelievable feeling. Um, just goes to show you, if you work hard, dreams can come true. So, just absolutely delighted. Brilliant. Um, just, just fun. The response, like the game, probably was decided in your response to the goal, you know, that when you conceded that. You were living on the edge at the time, it seemed, as well, defensively. Um, at, at, at the time, was, your response to the goal was incredible, really. Oh, yeah. Look, um, you can only control what, how you react. And years gone by, we've reacted in the wrong way. Um, and this year, we said, no matter what Cork throw at us, we're going to react the way we want to. And we drove on. We got the next point. 
it kind of put a bad, little bit of belief back in us and we, we dug really deep and every single one of the girls, they fought with their hearts and you know, just so delighted to be on the right side of it. It's an unbelievable time for Galway Camogie at the moment. It's Cahill come in and everything. It's, it's unprecedented times, really. Yeah, um, like our management team are unbelievable. Um, they have brought Galway Camogie to an elite level. Um, and, you know, the work they do behind the scenes, um, it's testament to our management that we are on the right side of it two years out of three. Is, is that just, when you say elite, because you did mention your speech as well, is that like preparation of when you say elite, you know, what are the main differences or key things that Colin and his management have brought to, to Galway Camogie the last three years? Um, I suppose Robbie Lane has been exceptional. Our SNC coach um, has said uh, Cahill always demands the best for us. Uh, we always get fed. We always get treated exactly the way any county hurling team would and um, I think that's, that's huge and he never, you know, he never let us down and he always fought for us and you know, that's exactly what I meant. We're, it's an elite level now and just so delighted to have such a massive backroom team that are huge of experience and knowledge and it's really because of them is why we're here. Can I say, reaping she to Fanny to the, the order of rolling and suspension battle, did you know that she had got off coming up today or were you paying any heat to that? We didn't really, like, you know, as I said earlier, you can only control what you can do, like, so, you know, um, if she got off, she got off, if she didn't, she didn't. Um, we just focused on ourselves and our game and what we can bring to the table and, you know, you kind of distract yourself from all that noise and focus on the ball, the game and how you play and that's what we did. How much did the pain of last year sort of drive you on today? Um, yeah, like, you know, last year was, it was, I suppose, what, six months, nine months ago now, I suppose. Um, yeah, it was a hard one to take because we were probably in the game, like, nearly like a rep club today, like we're to the 50-something, fourth minute, I think the penalty changed it and, uh, you know, we didn't react the way we wanted to, I suppose, that day. Um, but we, we, our, our goal this year was to get back to an All-Ireland and if we, when we did, we were going to fight, fight for our lives and that's what we did. We worked hard and we had the belief that if you work hard, you'll win and that's what we did. If we work, we win and that's, thankfully. <laughs> Yeah, like, Trey's has huge knowledge and experience, but herself and Orla Kilkenny are absolutely fantastic players. And, um, you know, they bring uh, different things. You know, the kiddo has such calmness about her. She's, you know, reassurance. Maher was focused on the backs, so she, you know, provided an insight to us in coaching, like that kiddo with the forwards as well. Um, but to have both of them involved is massive. Like, uh, you know, we don't have too many women involved in sport, and we have them... It's, uh, their knowledge and experience was, was top class. How much of a difference did the, the crowds from, from, from this year in comparison to last year make to you today? Like, uh, do you think, you know, was it coming out to an All-Ireland final day, it must have been a completely different experience to what you experienced last year? Yeah, like I suppose last year when we ran out, it was, uh, you know, silence. Um, and, you know, you could, hear, you could hear yourself in the games, like, but and out there today, you know, there was huge noise. But look, fantastic to have supporters back, you know, to see all the kids there and, like, to have them at games and you know, for them to see us winning, it's just great for them and you know, huge for the game. As Kyle had said earlier, alluded to earlier, it's, it was a massive game for Muggy and you know, it brought it to another level. And it's great for the kids to be able to see that and witness it firsthand. And hopefully, it'll be them someday.
I'll have to ask himself about that, but uh, hopefully, yeah. Um, but look, like I said, uh, unbelievable feeling. Um, just 36 girls there, like we sacrificed our lives for this game today and to win it. And uh, it's nothing what they don't deserve. And as I said earlier, Heather Cooney, oh, it was a big blow for us this year, uh, did a crew shoot against Clare. But we, you know, she rode in behind us at every training and, you know, gave us, gave us her heart, basically, and, and we fought out there for her today. When will you get married, Sarah? Um, March 4th. Um, yeah. Uh, not fortunate here, yeah. It was very tight, obviously, near the end, but was there any little moment, maybe in the last few seconds, when you realised that we have it now? Was there any, maybe the last point, or was there any little yeah. Oh. We, we have it. Yeah. <laughs> or McGrath uh, sticking over the last point and I looked up and it was 63.04 yeah. I think yeah. and I went oh my god this is it blow the whistle but yeah yeah, that was the moment I said like, that was some feeling yeah unbelievable yeah. and fair play to her you know she put her hand up and you know took the confidence <laughs> she has and, and, and took that ball over the bar and you know the girls look they all died with their boots on today and they worked hard and we're on the right side of it which is great yeah yeah, incredible. Look at just use your power of the girls to be honest with you. Um, talked about it already, you know, the, the reaction to the goal was massive. You know, it, it, I think that was the first time Cork played in the game actually. You know, I went 111 to 11 points up and um, look, there's plenty of places to hide in, in Crow Park if you want to after a score like that. Um, we just, the players stood up, you know, we talked about, you know, if, if something like that happened in the game that we needed, it was all about our reaction, and our reaction was super. I think we, we outscored them on four to two points to the rest of the game, and um, look, that's a wonderful spot. I think, you know, all day, the work rate, the aggression in the title, you know, the intensity, that's something that we said we needed to bring today if we were going to beat a team like Cork, and um, just hugely proud of the effort, and um, look, it's massive, two lands in three years, you know, they're hugely... Delighted to be working with them, hugely proud to be manager of a team like that. And, um, you know, the performance is just was brilliant. The midfield battle, Colin, particularly in the first half, was just unbelievable. Dunahoo and Kilkenny against Mooney and Thompson, like, what a, what a battle. But he probably, maybe, maybe 50 50, you might have shaded it maybe slightly in the first half. It's hard to tell, really. Like. I don't know that we shaded it. Um, yeah, listen, I suppose, look, that, that's. We saw how good Hannah Nooney and Ashton Thompson were in the semi final, and that's, I suppose, why we, we put Aoife Dunham on. You know, we, we needed to go toe to toe with him in the middle of the field, and that's why we had Aoife Dunham and Aoife Kenny out there. Um, yeah, it was a brilliant battle because they all did, they all contributed and all got on a lot of ball. Um, Hannah Nooney, in particular, was um, very influential in the first half, but, uh, you know, Aoife deserves huge credit for, for getting the better of that battle in the second half. And um, we just brought Aoife Hennepin on at half time, we felt that. We needed that, that, that stabilising influence around midfield. She did really, really well in Ashley Thompson. And um, look, Neve going to centre forward was, was, was a big thing as well. You know, she's got a lot of ball from there. Um, really good look at the four, four unbelievable athletes and four unbelievable players. And um, yeah, it was a joy to, to watch, I'd say, for any neutral. Did Neve's experience tell the finish ball? She was going to cut on two balls from clear space. Yeah, and, and like, you know, go back to 19, you know, you, you need leaders like that. You know, we talked about it at half time. You know, the last two finals were, were in against McKinney. You know, we talked about the third quarter and, and you know, Kilkenny coming back at us and we talked about that at halftime and, you know, Neil Kilkenny goes out straight away and scores a point off the left-hand side. That's what, you're, that's what you want to do. You know, you, she's, she's an incredible leader for the team. And um, as I say, you know, we got a lot of turnovers, I think, in the last few minutes. I think a lot of our scores 
correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they came from turnovers and, and you know, balls that the court were coming out with and we were able to turn over and that's what you need. You need, you need, you need workers, you need, but you know, you need to do the right thing. I don't know who gave the ball to Harlan McGrath, but I say she's the only person who saw Harlan so much space in the area for the second last point. Incredible ball across and, and Orla took it really well and look at Doris by the last point, it's just incredible like so. Um, well, it does now, yeah, because the result. But um, look, Cork are a hugely physical team as well, and um, look, we we wanted to, I suppose, make it a battle. We certainly, you know, you know, we want our forwards to work really hard. I thought Liz, in fairness, to the referees, I think there there is a there is a, a group of referees, you know, that are letting the game flow and that are really contributing to the matches. You know, if, if you're pulling for for nitty gritty things all the time, you know, it's not you're not going to have the same spectacle. And yeah, there was fouls. There's a couple of balls in the We thought she was fouled, but you know, if you're giving them frees. You know, you're giving the freeze everywhere and it's going to be a stop-start game. So, yeah, uh, fair play to Liz. I thought she had a great game. You know, I can't think of any decision she made that was, you know, influenced anyway. And that's, that's a good sign for a referee. And in fairness, you know, the likes of Ray Kelly and John Dermody and all them, you know, we, we have a really good bunch of referees. And I think, you know, finals are a lot better now and games are a lot better. And that's a lot to do with the refereeing and how it's done. And the new rules, in fairness, have helped hugely at that as well. Um, good question. I think they're most successful Galway team we've had. Uh, that can't be, um, you know, there's no debate there. I think to win two Ireland's in three years is, is really, really special. I think, you know, for me, any of the great teams have, 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 have done it back-to-back. That's, that's, that's my own opinion. I think, you know, you look at Wexford in, in the three in a row, you look at Cork in 14, or, yeah, 14, 15, and, and 17 and 18, you know, they did it back-to-back, and I think that's the challenge now for this team. You know, but, you know, look at Tipperary are coming, you know, I don't think they got the credit deserved, you know, a lot of talk about our semi-final and, you know, how we only beat Tipperary by four points. I think you go out and beat Tipperary by four points. That's, that's just a really, really good performance. I think Kilkenny, you know, they're in the minor final. I think they won the minor, you know, in this media final today. You know, they're coming as well. So it's, it's going to take a lot of work to stay ahead of the rest. But it's, it's great to be up there. And, and, and um, But, yeah, we probably need to, to win another round if we want to be called a great team. Yeah? I suppose you were probably someone who, who had to readjust after the Orla Cronin uh, decision in terms of uh, tactics and matchups and that. So did that, uh, did that make you have to, obviously, 11th hour uh, outcome on, on, on that appeal? So did you have to, did you have to reconfigure the, 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 the matchups when, when, you, when you heard that last night? Um, I just to, obviously, we knew she'd be starting then, um, but like we expect her to be playing, to be straight about it. We said it two weeks ago that she would be playing. Yeah. Um, I feel it's already more of a distraction for Cork, to be honest with you, than for us. You know, we had her. You know, we had her clips done in her. We had her. You know, the players knew what the what the story was, and she was playing. So, um, you know, I think the backs were right. We, we got the matchups when we got the matchups right. Any time we got the matchups right, but like Cork, it was unbelievable forward line. You know, and they gave us trouble all through the game. To be honest with you, um, but our backs are, you know, really good. Good what what Tiberi got twelve points. You know, one thirteen conceded today against Cork. You know, they're a really really good backline, but that's. They're, they're able to be good because of the work rate that's gone on in the field and the work that's gone on in the forwards and the ball going in and isn't as good as, good as, it, as it can be. But um, no, to answer the question, you know, our ground thing didn't, didn't really look in fairness to her. Um, it's hard to miss us at, uh, an Ireland final. And we're lucky enough to have Emma Hallibur available just today and we're lucky enough to have Catherine Finnerty available today. So it was never, you know, we never met about our ground. She's playing great. She wasn't. We deal with that as well. Was a key moment in the first half that could be maybe forgotten out a small bit, and I suppose particularly when we saw how much the goals changed momentum in the second half. But uh, Sarah Healy's save from a shot from from Katrina Mackey, I think it was a really really good save. And when we saw 
how the goals changed the momentum, I suppose, looking back on it now, that, that was a key moment as well. It was a key moment, yeah, definitely. Brilliant save from off the line really, really fast and smothered the shot. And um, yeah, Sarah Tannen all day was really, really good and, um, you know, her, her distribution. I think, you know, we were under pressure. There's a, there's a strong breeze there and probably you wouldn't think it when you're open this down. There is a strong breeze there and we kind of struggled to win up a goals in the first half. But I think in the second half, she, she, she had an awful lot, you know, we got on an awful lot of her goals. And um, that's because our distribution was so good. And, um, yeah, That's it for another Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast. Remember to subscribe to the Big Red Bench on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can also listen online at redextra.ie. Don't forget to tune in to the Big Red Bench with Rory O'Hagan, Colm O'Sullivan and Valerie Wheeler between 6 and 7pm on the radio every Saturday and Sunday. Follow the Big Red Bench across all our social media channels as well as visiting our official website redfm.ie. Red Bench, Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m., Cork's Red FM.